Hello and welcome to Amplify, the video series where we interview thought leaders about best practices, trends, and their experiences in creating engaging campaigns. Today I'm speaking with Imelda Alejandrino, the CEO and Creative Director of AP42. Welcome, Imelda. Hi, Ellen. It's so nice to be here. Yes, I'm excited that we're getting to do this. We're going to have so many interesting things to talk about today. But let's start out. Why don't you just tell me about your company, um, AP42, and how you first became interested in the field of AR? Oh, my goodness. Our interest in technology, I believe it started way back in 2007. There was always um, a need to figure out how to do this quicker, efficiently, and cost-effectively, and technology always seems to be a good answer to that. But we got involved with AR um, through back in 2018, actually, and um, I had this opportunity with Accenture, and um, she wanted to do something different, something fun, so I thought this would be a great opportunity to do augmented reality. And it's been, it was so successful that that said to me, there is an audience there for this. So I pursued it and now we're doing a lot more stuff in augmented reality. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, I, I, I may be wrong about this, but it kind of sounds to me like you're one of the pioneers in the space as far as marrying the technology with real life applications. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, augmented reality has been around for over 15 years. The difference is that it's always been an eye candy, right? And uh, the pandemic forced everyone to use technology and it really uh, made it apparent, well, everybody been, has been forced to use technology that now something like this is uh, very interesting, but you're right. I'm always at least two years ahead of everyone. And um, Accenture is still using that example that I gave them in two, uh, 2019. Um, and it's still, it's still viable for them. They're still using it. She goes, it's the best ROI I've had. So the whole point I'm making is that um, AR needs to we be weaved back into the business and be profitable or at least affect the bottom line. Yeah, can you give examples of some of the ways you've been using it with your clients? Um, you've got so many interesting applications that you've developed. Right, so um, what it, it started out with my capabilities brochure, which is something that everyone must have. And in looking at all the different capability brochures, how do you break the clutter? And so then that's when I decided to um, include augmented reality in my capabilities brochure. And as you know, when you walk around the trade show, showing um, other supplier diversity managers what you're made of, this really stood out. It increased engagement. And since then, um, that was a permission to keep going. And other examples, um, our promotional items for my company. We created printed postcards and in the postcards, there's a QR code and you hover over it with your camera. And when you do that, um, the AR blooms, which means it starts to uh, animate and it engages you. And the best part is that it has 
uh, a button that you can click after the AR occurs and it'll direct you to a landing page. And that landing page could be your e-commerce. For us, it was more about AP42 and our capacity and capabilities with um, augmented reality. Again, it could be used for training, education, promotion, uh, and increase um, customer engagement. And as you shared with me more. Yeah, it's like the sky's the limit. And you shared with me some um, examples of like, um, uh, and maybe, I have to say, I'm not an expert in this space, so I may be giving an example that isn't an example of AR, but I believe it is when you showed me the bookstore where you're navigating through and having the experience of kind of being in a bookstore, but of course you're on your computer screen. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're asking this question because uh, now remember um, the very beginning of 2000, everybody rushed to get a website. I need a website. I need a website. And then since then, it has evolved. Now, there's this thing called Web 3.0. And basically, that is taking a lot of the platforms and giving you the opportunity to be autonomous and, and have people come into your site and be more interactive on your homepage by clicking through. So, for example... Um, this was something that we presented to Amazon. And basically what we wanted to do is to create a 3D environment on their homepage. This is a web app. So instead of the typical photo and the carousel of different uh, images going through, now you can actually interact with the product and services, whether it's a product in 3D and you're actually uh, moving it, clicking through different aspects of it, or you can be displaying your services as well. So imagine a gallery. And in this gallery, you have these beautiful uh, frames that you can walk through. But each frame is actually um, an immersive uh, digital reality that you can interact with. So the, now the goal is turning all these websites into web storefronts. And that's like the beginning of the revolution of Web 3.0 are at the forefront of the revolution. I love that. Um, the reason I hesitated with my own vocabulary is I was thinking, I was, I'm like, is it AR? Is it VR? Can you, can you give us a quick definition of what is augmented reality? You can just define it. Just to give some context, if you were around or engaged in this, remember the, um, I believe it was a Pikachu. So imagine you're looking at a room. Let's call it the retail, uh, retail store. And you see all these wonderful, uh, let's say it's Apple. You have all of these computers there and um, they'll have these little postcards or maybe little graphic targets that you can actually point to. And what it does is that it enhances that live computer in an augmented reality. And so it could be a computer, you push, uh, you scan your QR code, and all of a sudden, your computer, that Apple computer comes alive. The logo can come alive. Someone can pop up and tell you about the, uh, the features of the computer. So again, um, you know, babies come out of the womb with a phone. And the first thing they do with a computer screen is that they want to touch it and move it. We are catering to the future of uh, future generations on how they can interact with websites. And that is what we're looking for. And this is augmented reality. That's augmented reality. Correct. As opposed to virtual reality. 
virtual reality is being immersed in you could be you could use a device whether it's an oculus a google cardboard the whole idea is that you are immersed sound visually tactically and you're actually interacting through your devices in this virtual world now there's another thing called virtual digital reality and that's basically on your computer web app where it doesn't need any device uh, except your phone and so um, that that's the difference between uh, virtual and AR. One is augmenting your reality, and the other is immersing you in a virtual reality. Those are the differences. Well, whatever you call it, I'll tell you, when you showed me that website example that you described with the bookstore, the Amazon example, my first thought was, wow, the websites everybody else has today are boring. Like this is, this is definitely the way of the future that everybody will have. I don't know the time, you know, maybe a year, two years, 10 years, I don't know. But um, no doubt that that's where we're going. Oh, yeah, I, I, I really think so. And, you know, early adoption is always a little slower, but I think we got to push from uh, the pandemic but I feel that it is going to be the future because I think it's now tied back, not only to the business, but the benefits are a lot better this time for both consumer and business. Imelda, you are the creative director at AP42. And um, since you guys do so much work in augmented reality and you know this really cool tech, how is that different from being a creative director at a more traditional agency? It seems like you have all these other tools in your toolbox to play with. You know, this is really interesting because um, you have to look at augmented reality, virtual reality. Those are tools, right? Um, I specialize in advertising, direct marketing, and branding. And I believe those are the three disciplines um, that you need in this world of augmented reality. So everything that I have done traditionally is actually applicable in terms of discipline um, in getting people engaged, trying to get them engaged, and following up once you engage. So those are all you know traditional marketing principles. So the tool is a way um, to get them to bring attention, really. Like, I'm different and I have something to say. Do you think that, I mean, certainly it gets attention, but then does it make a more long-lasting impression when people are interacting with the brand in this more immersive and deep way? Have you seen that? Oh, yes. We've been creating websites for over 30 years, it seems like. Um, and... What's interesting is that it takes one thirtieth of a second to make an impression of a visitor on your website. So just imagine having something that's very different and you have this ability to want to engage, which is very different from, oh, this is the ubiquitous functions of a website as opposed to, wow, let me push this button. What does this look like? What would happen if I do this? So as a creative director, it's finding a creative way of delivering the message, but also keeping it, keeping them engaged long enough 
that you're able to use that interaction to grow your business, to uh, create your own database. Again, people are coming to you. You're, they're not having to rely on these big platforms like LinkedIn or Facebook. Uh, now they're coming in and they want to stay in your website. So there's, I'm only scratching the surface of the web storefront can do or, or anything that I've done. Um, but again, same principles, just applying it to different um, solutions. Yeah, it, it, it's so exciting, um, you know, having seen just a teeny, teeny bit of what your capabilities are and what's coming. It, it's it's super exciting um, just, you know, just to have been given a glimpse of that. Uh, what I'm curious about is you mentioned that you're two years ahead of the curve, you know, at least since an early adapter of this technology. Um, and some of your clients have come along with you, but I'm sure that others are resistant. You know, I'm sure that you run across people that are not quite ready to make the leap. So um, how do you, you know, what do you tell them? How do you get them to, you know, jump off the cliff of <laughs> we're, we're going to embrace technology on this new level? Um, has that been a struggle for you or have you, you know, well, kind of like anything else? Like imagine, you know, when you're doing something new, um, something comes up, some, somebody comes up with a solution that you're not used to. So usually the, the main emotion is fear. So what do you do when you quell that fear, right? You, um, you listen to what they're, what they're trying to solve. And then what you do is that you manage their expectations and managing their expectation means these are the benefits. And these are the reasons why you're afraid of this. But then I have answers to quell those fears, right? And then from that, once I get them, uh, once I manage their expectation, then we talk about the solution. And usually the first thing I ask is, what is your goal? Because goals can be met very differently. They may think that it's only AR, but behind that, again, it's like fishing. I'm trying to get you in. I'm trying to get you engaged. I want you to click the right uh, buttons. And so as long as I educate them, show them the benefits, hit them head on why they're fearful of it, and I give them the benefits and solutions and answers why they're fear fearful for it. And then what I do is we do an introduction, like your capabilities brochure. You know, that's the least likely of uh, what I call brand liability right? Because then you have it. Um, it's a simple uh, engagement. It could be once they hover over it, it could be your video and you're welcoming them. Then all of a sudden they get your personality. And once they understand that, um, then they go, okay, let's start slowly. And then there's the second step, which is doing product, um, uh, dem product demo on your website, probably on your product and service page. And the next thing we do is that if you're interested in creating a web storefront, then this could be the path you take. Now the cycle of that could take either a month or it could take a whole year. Again, it has to fit with their strategy and their goals. So if somebody is asking for something and it's not an AR uh, solution, then we go back to traditional marketing. And then we look, you know, we start to query 
why isn't it working for you or what are your goals? So yes, it's like marketing 101. Well, I love that you're, you're taking marketing 101 and marrying it with this advanced technology. It's very interesting because you are doing it with such a purpose and an intention and the strategy, which is why I believe you've been so successful. It's, it's really you know, interesting to watch you and, and watch what you're doing. Um, as, as technology advances and uh, we see more and more companies embracing this like advanced technology and ways of marketing themselves, how does video in particular continue to remain relevant and useful? Video is so the way to go. Anybody in the video industry, Ellen, can capitalize on this because you guys are content creators. And I think that is the most important part of augmented reality, immersive reality, because it's part of the content. Now, there could be animations, there could be 3D animations that we can engage. But at the end of the day, and all of this, it's creating a solution where they could see you in real life, but in a virtual way. So, and it's at your fingertips. That's the part that's cool. You don't have to log on. You don't have to download an app. This is a web app. And so then you click on it and you're in. So that's, that is the video again, is like copy to an ad. It's definitely required. One of the benefits of using video and marketing is that we're able to create a personal connection with the viewer. And even if we're making a video that's viewed by thousands or millions of people, it can still feel like a personal conversation. You know, you can still feel like you know whoever the presenter is in a very you know, intimate kind of way. So I'm wondering as technology evolves, are we ever as humans going to get away from craving this personal connection. You know, it's often said we do business with people we know and we like and we trust. Is that ever going to change? No, no. I think what's going to change is the technology around us trying to evolve around our human behavior, right? So I think the personal touch is key. Um, right now, from... What I could observe, um, Teams, Zoom, that's part of the video evolution. I mean, look at what we're recording this on. This is way different from it was maybe six, eight years ago. Um, I think having a personal touch with the video, especially in B2B, and I say that um, with intention because it takes trust in business to business, also in consumer. And the way you trust somebody is being able to see their face, being able to see the white of their eyes. Um, I'm not a big fan of creating avatars that may look like you or half of you. I think if I were a business meeting somebody virtually, um, I want to see who they are, what they look like. And to me, uh, that personal connection is part of the trust and that trust turns into a better relationship. And I think 
video is going to be a key component because it's the real thing. You know, I could see the white of your eyes and I could believe you, right? And I just want to simplify the idea of metaverse. You know, metaverse is um, a way to connect virtually or online in a digital reality space. And again, when you connect, it's personal. You know, you want to get to know this person. So uh, long answer, uh, short answer to you, my long answer is um, it, will, it will never go away. Video is going to be key in creating that um, trust. Thank you for that. I totally agree with you with video creating the personal touch and being necessary as we continue to evolve our marketing and and move everything forward with technology, you know, advancing with technology. Um, what I see in the people that I tend to interact with is that many of them are nowhere near what you're doing um, with, you know, augmented reality, metaverse, anything like that. A few people are dabbling, but most are not even touching it yet. So how would you suggest they begin to, you know, put their toe in the water and try it out? What's a good first step? Um, the first step before you start looking at examples is go into your research with a goal in mind. And when you have a goal in mind, it's like shopping now, you know, um, what solution will work for me? So it could be a combination. Let's say we're doing a leads program, right? And what you want to do is you want to have some sort of, it's like fishing, right? You want to be able to uh, cast your uh, fishing pole into the ocean. And that's basically um, understanding what's going to stick. Right. So if you know that head on. So sometimes augmented reality or virtual reality or everything that I do in the metaverse um, has to have some sort of of portal to receive you. Right. So, for instance, your website could be the most simplest thing that you can start a postcard that you use as a promotion. Um, yes, people are dabbling. And, you know, if you look at early adoption, if you look at the bell curve, it does take, take some time. And I think how to get over that, um, that hump is, is showing um, results, showing how it could help you. And also looking for what you could afford as well. You know, what's usually what happens in early adoption, it's very, very expensive. But what we're trying to do is create a solution where it's affordable and we just start out slowly and then after you have that engagement then we have to talk about now that you have the retention what are you going to do like any email marketing you're going to have a landing page you're going to have a form and so what you want to do at that point is make sure that you're educating them about what you're doing so start small Start with AR, start with your collateral, really. Start with your uh, company collateral. That's where I would start. Even your brochure, you know, if this is something that you send as a PDF, maybe there's a little section in there that you can ask them to scan the QR code while they're looking at it on your screen 
and then something happens. So start with what you have now to be cost effective and probably putting a product demo in one of your brochures or on your website. That's how I would uh, get them to engage. Hmm, that's, that's great advice. And you talked a little bit about how you're um, bringing this world to the masses, I guess, slowly, gradually. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your platform? Yes. Um, it's called Augie. And it's funny, our developer called his dog Augie. He just got his puppy about eight months ago. So we now have a mascot. Um, Augie is a digital reality and it's a web app. And basically what I've done is I've taken us out of these boxes that we're in and I've made them portable in a 3D immersive environment on your web. And the uses are great. There's so many benefits to this. And right now, how it's being currently used um, is for recruiting, training. I call Augie the community hub of the future because it gathers people from all over the world where they can network, engage, and have a spontaneous conversation with these avatars, these little floating video conferences that you can actually go and start talking to people. I find very interesting is that when we present this platform that people come up with their own solutions. They want to do training. They want to do networking. They want to do recruiting in that. Again, imagine having a digital reality where it's a community where, um, where you can engage with each other. The best part is that these avatars mimic human behavior. So let's say there's two avatars talking to each other. When I approach them, I should probably wait till they're done talking to introduce myself. And that's how great it is because it's, it's like being there in real life socially. And that way, um, having side conversations, attending webinars in this space allows you to learn more because even after the event is over, the space can be open and all of these, your avatar can walk through these interactive, I call gallery, and you can either download information, it can animate, it could have a video, you can stream uh, live events as well as pre-recorded, and you can actually share your desktop screen in this environment and conduct a webinar. So again, it's like real life, but in a digital space. I can't wait to show you guys. Now, one thing I'm gleaning from our conversation is, um, is that's kind of interesting, is there's so much fear out there about AI taking over the world and, you know, chat GPT is the thing everybody's talking about now. And you know, there's you know, not going to be a need for humans anymore. And, you know, all of this, um, you know, end of the world kind of stuff. But what I'm hearing you say is that technology almost like amplifies our humanness. You know, it, it allows us to still connect in a very human way, even though we're using technology. I find that really interesting. Yeah, no, that's, that's precisely it. You know, um, again, the world is getting smaller just because we could connect with everyone. And I've heard that, you know, they're afraid of AI. Um, but you know what? We have the power to delete. We have the power to not accept. We have the power to say, I think I'm going to uh, fact check this. 
right? And that's what we have to do all the time anyway on the internet. You know, if you look at a subject, right? Make sure you look at 10 because if three of those are common, then you know it's definitely something's happening about it. Start following it. Yeah, and the opportunities. I was thinking about um, if you went back 100 years, the most powerful people in the world wouldn't have had anything like what we have today available on our phones. They wouldn't have had the knowledge. They wouldn't have had the access, the ability to predict the weather or to order goods and services. You know, we this new technology is just going to bring us so many more gifts. We're going to have to learn how to govern it. We're going to have to learn, you know, so many things. It kind of feels like the Wild West right now, like any new technology, right? If you look at cyclically what happens to new technology and the people who a hundred years ago, he didn't have this, the biggest difference was time and money. It took longer to get to it and it costs a lot of money to do that. Now it's democratized the buying power of every person. And so I think that's, you know, um, I think that it's going to only get better, but it has to be from the powers that be that govern it, um, make sure that they're doing their job correctly as well. So there has been some conversation around what the governance is around all of these autonomous uh, companies who have technology and inviting people in and collecting their information. You know, we have GDPR we have to follow. Those are one, those are things that prevent um, abuse. But again, like anything else, somebody's going to figure it out. So we're going to have to make sure that um, we do our job in making sure it's right. I just feel like there has to be uh, a way to, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a way to say, hey, this isn't right. Who do we talk to? And be able yeah, to Yeah, so to have that oversight, that governance, you know, That's absolutely. It. It's something we're going to have to figure out. We're in the midst of it. It's happening. You know, we're not going to go back. Oh, yeah. So we're, we don't have a choice. Yeah. We have to figure it out. Privacy sure. is also an issue, right? Privacy, security, yes. those are all big. Um, you know, before, I think I got ISO certified uh, almost 10 years ago when it was just unattainable, but it's also a marketing tool because a lot of corporations and companies now want to make sure that there's privacy and it's secure and um, because it protects their brand as well and prevents lawsuits. So again, we just have to be logical about it. Right. No, that makes, that makes sense. What, what do you see um, if you could look forward 10 years to the future of marketing um, there, you know, obviously some things will be the same thing. Some things will be different. Kind of like, what do you see happening in our field? Where, where is it all going? Well, if I had it my way, everybody would have so so augie has a place to stay it's called the augieverse very similar to what metaverse is creating very similar to a lot of these other platforms that's out there but i see a a community a digital city where people like starbucks will have a store in every you know every three blocks in this Augieverse where people will click on it and say, okay, I want to pick up my drink or I want somebody to deliver this to me. 
you know, and that's, it's an option. It's not the end all, it's an option. So what I see is being able to have e-commerce in this uh, virtual world, unlike before, being able to connect with people in multiple areas around the world that you couldn't have before. Um, just a little quick story. There was a client we worked with where they had a, a technology event every year in LA and this company, um, parent company is from Japan. And so we got feedback saying, I have never had the ability or the opportunity to go to LA live. But when we did the Occuverse, like, oh, I'm so glad that I could be part of this um, virtually. So that was three years ago. Now imagine that statement where that is a benefit, not only to consumers, but to your own employees. If you're an international company, all of a sudden that communication can um, not be condensed, but it could be more efficient, right? But as you know, the world can move slowly. So I would imagine in 10 years, we'll probably be about 75% into what we're doing, or it could be, you know, we may have holograms in our hallways of our home, you know, that would be really fantastic. You know, call them Jeeves or something. You know, they could be answering the door for you, running your Roomba, telling your dog to shush. You know, so that's kind of the future I'm looking at. You know, I wish I could live to 100 because, man, I would love to see that happen. But again, um, the human factor is going to be the decider of what's going to happen or not. Yeah, well, it's so exciting to think about all the things that are coming and they're coming fast and they're coming furious. And uh, it's, you know, you may see all of that sooner than you think. Um, looking back, going the opposite way, is there any advice that you would have given yourself as you were embarking on your career and getting into all of this? Oh, yeah. Uh, leave enough time to test your software or application. That's what I would do because I think um, I want to share our creative process with you guys. And this is something that we've been doing since day one. It's just because it's how I think. And it's expressed in the riddle, which is how many art directors does it take to screw in a light bulb? Does it have to be a light bulb? So thinking out of the box, questioning whether or not is that the only solution? When somebody says it can't be done, well, it can't be done today, but maybe later in the future it can. So I'm always entertaining that. So I don't think I would ever change my approach, but uh, what I would change is definitely learning more about the technology and test, 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 test. That's what I would tell myself 10 years ago. Mm, that is great advice, relevant today as ever. Um, uh, this, it's been fantastic talking with you. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to discuss? Um, right now, I think, uh, the early adoption, um, is what's going to be key. And even for instance, let's say, um, you know, how can a business like yours use the new technology? Right. Again, there's two ends to these coin, uh, to this coin, two sides to this coin. One is um, being a service provider and one is a business being able to use this. 
a lot of opportunities and benefits in that case. So again, you're in the content creation. You could take it to another level um, and how it increased the engagement. So um, early adoption is going to be key. Uh, removing the barriers in this early adoption is also going to be very, very important. And then making sure that you talk in plain English. It's not so esoteric is what I'm saying. You know, it isn't like you're going to transform into this something new. It's not clouds and thunders or anything like that. It's business as usual, basically. So early adoption, um, have to pay attention to talk in plain English and don't make it confusing. This is awesome talking to you. Thank you for being our guest on Amplify. You um, had so much awesome and very interesting information to share. I look forward to helping to get it out there to the world. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, thank you for um, this beautiful platform that you guys have to allow me to educate people about this. Because really, I'm in the education mode right now with new technology. And everyone should be too. Find out. Quell your fears. Do some research. So again, thank you. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Amplify is produced for you by White Knight Productions. For more Amplify content, including the video versions of all our episodes, please visit amplifypodcast.media. Hey.